Now, Christmases are coming far too fast for some of us, actually. And if you've been racking your brains out trying to decide what to buy for the computer buff in your life, worry no more. We are here to help. John Coll has been looking at some of the choices. Now, John, what sort of things are in the shops this Christmas? And I'm not, of course, talking about rushing out spending thousands of pounds on computers. No, there's Elite mm -hmm. on the BBC Micro, and I must admit I got vaguely addicted to that. It's really rather nice. Carl Atrell, and this is Teletext People. Teletext People is a podcast about the people who have been involved in the running of the Teletext services, the people who worked at the Teletext services, and the people who now dabble with Teletext long after its switch off in Great Britain in 2012. Mark Moxon is a self-confessed Acorn and BBC geek, and in this episode, Mark is telling us all about his latest breakthrough in making the classic game Elite, exclusively in Mode 7 Teletext style graphics. Mark starts by telling me what he actually thinks of the game Elite. As far as I'm concerned, Elite's the greatest game in the history of computer games, but that's probably uh, not shared by everyone. But if you are into space sims and flying a spaceship, which, uh, to be honest, quite a few of us are, then this series of games that started in 1984... Um, are really quite important ones. They're not necessarily um, the most popular, but um, in terms of groundbreaking stuff, particularly the first one, um, I think that they, they lay claim to being the, the granddaddy of the space sim, the original Elite. So it came out in 1984, um, released by Acorn Soft on the BBC Micro and written by uh, David Braben and Ian Bell. And at the time, um, nobody had seen anything like it. So it's basically a, a 3D space game. And the idea is, is that you're a commander uh, who's got a spaceship. You're given um, a Cobra Mark III as your spaceship. You're given 100 credits and that's it. It's open world. And the idea is that you go off and trade between all of these systems, um, buying all sorts of different commodities, trying to buy them at a cheap price and sell them at a high price so that you can uh, add cool lasers and uh you know weapons and uh, uh shields and stuff to your ship and uh go off and kill pirates you can be a bounty hunter or you can you know attack aliens you can go mining all sorts of things so um this kind of stuff is fairly standard really in a space sim these days but it had never been seen before in 1984 and the graphics alone were absolutely mind-blowing wireframe full hidden line removal so really felt like you were flying in space when i was playing this game you know a tender age of 14 this i couldn't believe it you know this was this i lived in this game the immersion levels were really high great graphics great storyline i mean the game came with not just a, a manual that's like really quite thick about 60 pages or something like that i think uh, no, that might be a bit high, but anyway, it felt like that because it was a proper thick manual, but it also came with a book, a novel that, that was a story all about the game. So it really sucked you in. And um, 
I completely fell for it. When I was flying my Cobra around, you know, scooping the sun to get fuel, I really felt like I was doing that sort of thing. I can think back to it and think, yeah, this this really was, I lived in this game. I mean, I've it's a good job that I didn't have anything recording how long I was actually playing it, like you do these days, you know, with the number of hours you've played this game, because it would be uh, a ridiculous amount, because it was all about, that was the school holidays. Oh, I was just playing that game. Absolutely amazing memories. Um, and it has a, a really, it's a really important, important uh you know part of my looking back on my uh, how i got into computers and stuff i mean there are, there is a uh, modern version called elite dangerous that's um uh you know has has been around and still is it's still being released and you know stuff's being added and, and it really is very much like the core of that game is this 1984 version i mean obviously it's completely different these days in terms of graphics and you know the um, the experience and it also works in in VR and <laughs> if I'd have told my 14 year old self uh, that one day I would be flying around in VR in elite in a spaceship and it would be really would feel like I was flying a spaceship I wouldn't have believed it it really is quite something um, but it all came from this 1984 version um, which was just in a 32k micro and they used um, some really impressive uh, techniques to generate thousands of systems out of almost, you know, almost no memory. Really amazing stuff. It's beautifully written. It's a seminal game and really is. Um, I mean, I'm still quite excited about it. And it's what I don't know how many years ago it is now. Uh, a bit maths in my head, 30, 38 years or something since 1984. Um, and it's absolutely uh, still excited about it. So, uh, yeah, that's elite. And um, yeah, I can't recommend it enough, really, even though, OK, it's a little bit dated now, to be fair. The original one, it's an 8-bit machine. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I still fire it up occasionally and just think, wow, this really is still the real deal. Really astonishing stuff. Great game. Great game. I do remember growing up and seeing the um, Elite for the BBC B. I, I guess would, would that be regarded as, as the BBC's killer app? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, you will have some people who will say that uh, there's a couple of other games that are really quite amazing as well. Um, I think if you're into um, uh, driving simulations, you might argue that Revs, which was Jeff Crammon's first uh, driving sim and probably the granddaddy of driving simulators, you'd probably pick that one. And if you're into uh, um, adventure games with real physics and uh, I think they call them roguelikes now really um, you probably go for exile and these are regarded as astonishing games um, but for me elite absolutely hands down easily the one and I think people probably would agree that it's it's uh, the BBC's best game yeah um, I certainly would <laughs> yeah definitely what was the background into teletext what what was the motivation into um rewriting the game just to uh, display i guess what you would class as mode 7 teletext graphics yeah so it, it harks back to um the first lockdown in uh, 2020 when um you know i got furloughed along with half the nation i'm sitting around at home bored um you know not sure what to do with myself and um stumbled across uh, a thread on on the Stardot forum which is a, a BBC uh, an Acorn forum um, where a guy called Kieran Connell had posted a link to um, a repository where he'd taken 
the source code of Elite, which had been released. It was released in about 2000 by Ian Bell, one of the authors. So we've got the source code for the game. And he'd taken it and made it build on modern machines because the original was built on a BBC Micro. And so the source code is incredibly terse, really hard to work with. You know, it's, it, you need to do it on a BBC Micro. But he'd taken it and moved it into modern tooling. So it's the same game, but buildable on a modern computer and i'd always wanted to know how elite worked um it was, you know i it blew my mind so much and i'm a now i'm a uh, working in software i'm a coder so obviously i just thought well i've got to have a play with this and um, i realized that because i could run it and build it on a modern computer i could analyze how it worked and there's quite a bit of analysis already been done uh, of elite uh, over the years and people have analyzed how the procedural generation works or how the trading stuff works and, and some of the, the the 3d graphics and stuff like that but um only only the kind of you know various bits not the whole thing um and i thought that that would be quite a good project really and just start working my way through i was you know i was just interested to see how it worked um i mean the first thing i was really interested in was the the screen mode that the game uses and it's quite unique on the bbc it's got uh, a black and white high resolution top part for the space view for all the action and then along the bottom is a, a four color dashboard which is uh, lower resolution so a bit chunkier but because it's a dashboard that's not such a big deal um, and this is this is uh, you know it's not a normal screen mode they hacked the BBC Micro to in, invent this way of, of basically changing between two screen modes, like two thirds of the way down the screen. And I thought, how did they do that? You know, that's let me just see if I can work out how that's done. Um, and uh, that that was how I got into it, really. Um, and this thing spiraled out of control because uh, <laughs> lockdown, there's an awful lot of time on my hands. Um, and I ended up basically documenting every single line of code in the source code. Um, and, you know, it, it, what had started out as just me making some notes to myself turned into a kind of epic um, writing um, project. So, I, I mean, I did that and I put that up on the web and that that's uh, available on, on the website. And uh, then I did the other versions of Elite uh, on the B, all the BBC versions because it was available in different various different formats for the various different machines that Acorn released. Um, and, um, uh, you know, that so that was the project i did during lockdown anyway the kieran who had put together this original uh, repository that, that kick-started this whole thing um he got in touch with me only not that long ago only a few months ago uh to say that his original plan uh for his you know when he'd put his original repository up he'd he'd kind of decided to create a buildable version of modern machines because he wanted to create a teletext version of it i mean this is all his idea i mean i have no idea how he came up with that idea or why he was inspired to it but it's it's just a crazy idea yeah i mean the graphics are, are pretty impressive in elite it's very playable but i mean they are still old school 8-bit graphics so the thought of downgrading it into the kind of blocky sixel graphics that you get on teletext was just i mean it seemed a bit nuts really um but anyway he he'd um he um is part of uh, the bit shifters collective who make demos on the bbc micro so really impressive um graphical demos and sound demos that push the machines to their limits so these are on you know on the original machines but we're talking about modern coding um and one of the ones they did was um, a mode 7 demo 
Um, and they also did the Bad Apple demo, which is a very, uh, you know, one one that people get running on all sorts of machines. They did a Mode 7 version of that. So they'd already written um, a line drawing and a pixel drawing routine that used Mode 7. Um, and he was wondering whether it would be possible to take those routines and plug them into Elite. So instead of Elite plotting pixels on the screen and drawing all the spaceships, it would draw it in mode seven using the, you know, the two by three six or graphics that uh, Teletext supports. And having broken down the entire game, I thought, well, yeah, OK, I think that's that's possible because, you know, the at the end of the day, you've got the game is loads of maths and loads of kind of modeling and stuff and you know all this really sophisticated um code but at the end of the day it, it, it when it's drawing to the screen it's either drawing a line or it's drawing pixels and actually at the end of the day even the lines are made up of pixels so you, if you conceptually you could just swap out those routines for mode seven and i thought well it's worth a go isn't it and um, so I started with the iconic title screen, which is basically when you start up the game, this uh, rotating Cobra Mark III comes out of the screen towards you and sits there rotating. And it's a real, you know, ooh and ah moment. The <laughs> first time you see that, it certainly was back in 1984. So I thought, well, let's see what happens there. I'll, I'll plug it into that. Um, you know, that, that should be fairly easy one to get going and it was it just worked really i had to tweak the the routines that kieran had sent just to change it from drawing directly onto the screen to uh flipping what was on the screen because that's how the game does its animation it, it draws a ship and then it draws the same ship again to get rid of it um using exclusive or is the technical term but anyway um, it worked. It just worked. Um, and there it was. And the thing is, in this rotating ship looked pretty good. <laughs> you really wouldn't think it, it, individual frames. If I froze it, it looked a bit clunky. But with the clean sort of movement and rotation, it really had a feeling of, of the, you know, the same feeling as the original game. And I thought, yeah, OK, this is this could be quite interesting. So I just worked my way through the code and everywhere that there was a routine that, that drew to the screen, I swapped it out for the equivalent to the Teletext screen and I designed the dashboard in mode seven because the dashboard is obviously much higher resolution than that in the original game. So I designed a version that worked well in, in Teletext and, and most of the dashboard is like um, horizontal bars. And of course, they're very easy to do in Sixels. They're just, you know, just a, a sort of row of, of Sixels um, and um, designed the there's a 3D elliptical scanner that it shows uh, all the ships on. And that, that managed to go quite well. You know, I couldn't do all the detail of the of the scanner, but actually just needs just needed an outline of the ellipse and a couple of lines to make it look 3D and, and actually worked pretty well. So um, mucked about a bit with that. And, and luckily, I found out as well that if I scaled the original down by a factor of four in each direction, it fitted really nicely into the resolution of Teletext, which was a bit of luck, really, because that makes it really quick. So it, it really just takes the, the coordinates that the original game it calculates, divide them by four, and plot them on the screen, and then it works. Um, it was really surprising, um, and the result was just it. It, it feels like a leet. I mean, I really wasn't expecting this, but there was a point where 
I went and, and flew the ship and you know had the stardust flying past me and the, the planet over there um other ships sort of firing at me i mean at that point the suns were kind of exploding so if i i looked towards the sun it all went horribly wrong but i thought yeah okay that that's a bug to fix um but it felt like i was flying in space just like the original game i mean i couldn't believe it because uh, you know teletext is it's pretty good for art i mean you know the art you can do incredible stuff but it's not it's generally not moving so that when you're doing static art you can take advantage of the way that you know the way that the color codes work and you're sort of working from left to right and and things like that but when it's dynamic and moving around it's not really you're not really controlling what's on the screen you're controlling the you know it's the same it's algorithmic and i wasn't really wasn't sure if that would work but it's surprisingly good it's a very playable version of the game I th it feels like a conversion to mode 7 rather than a tech demo which is what kieran and i had thought it would be but actually <laughs> i think it's quite good yeah i'm quite pleased with it it's um it's good so yeah that's um that's how that came about so it's all hats off to kieran really because it was all his idea and he provided me with the routines and um away we went so yeah big success mm, yeah um I've, yeah i've been playing it online and um it's very smooth um flicker free and yeah it's certainly a game in its own right um not being overly um not not being a hardcore player of it back in the day um it'd be easy for me to pick it pick this up and uh, start mastering it Mm -hmm. um and um yeah no i was, I was re really uh, really impressed with it uh what sort of limitations did you have to uh deal with it with um yeah with using the teletext i noticed that um you you had an interesting work around with the maps uh yes that's right so that there are there's a couple of system maps that you can bring up and um in particular there's a kind of there's a, a short range map that shows all these systems in your vicinity and kind of in within the nearest seven light years and the way that it's done in the game is you, it's got a little actually a circle filled circle for each system uh, dotted around the screen of different varying sizes and next to that is the name of the system so there's a bit of text and then there's a circle that shows the, the distance that you can hop so it's it, you know it's it's pretty clean stuff nice and easy it's in black and white um and works very well um but it's really difficult to do that sort of thing in teletext because i mean i i thought the first attempt i did was pure text so i i put like a um um an, an, an o i think a lowercase o for the systems and obviously the text for the name but then i couldn't do a big circle going all the way around the outside of them that just wasn't going to happen and it just looked rubbish as well um and then so then i i, I sort of mixed up the graphics a bit and, and text and that seemed to work okay but there's a, a crosshair that you move because the whole point about this chart is you're choosing where you're going to hyperspace to next and of course the crosshair is graphical and if you move a graphical crosshair over the top of lowercase text it turns it into graphics because that's the way that the graphics codes work and it was just carnage so i tried to change the text into uppercase because that that doesn't clash with graphics but then all the colors went weird if i, move, I mean anyway, anyway it was just carnage i just tried about three or four different versions and none of them looked good um i could generate a reasonably good looking static picture of it all 
but as soon as I moved anything around it it just all went wrong so um, that's when I hit on the idea of the reveal button which of course is a uh, a well-loved aspect of teletext from back in the day you know revealing the joke punchline or the, the, the quiz answer that sort of thing so the the way it works in teletext delete is when you first go into the the chart it's just the the system blobs and they're just at one one sixel each so it's a kind of array of dots um, and you can move a crosshair around those nice and easily it's really clear um, and that works really well but of course there's no names or, or fuel distance circle on there so if you hold reveal the names pop up and of course while you're holding reveal you just get rid of the crosshair and you can't move it so it managed to combine both you know the movement and then if you hold reveal it shows the the static text i mean it, it works really well and i thought yeah okay this is quite good fun so we can have you know we can take teletext ideas and and, and sort of roll them in um and that, that worked very well in that one so that kind of inspired me to um look at uh well actually was, this was another of kieran's ideas <laughs> one of the another of the screens in in elite is the uh, market prices screen which you know when you land in this arrive in a system you can bring up this screen and it shows you the the price in that system of all the different commodities so you know you've got computers you've got food and textiles and you've also got narcotics and slaves which is a bit dubious but you know that's life apparently on <laughs> out there in the in the black so yeah um anyway so this is basically a, a list of prices and um I mean, one of the things I did when I was a kid, because I had a BBC Micro and the BBC Micro supports Mode 7 and Teletext. And indeed, that's how it starts up. So if you're a BBC Micro user, you're a Teletext fan just by definition, by turning it on. But one of the things I had bought later on in my uh, um, BBC home life was a, a Teletext adapter, which I could plug the BBC Micro into the aerial and access cfax and oracle through this you know through the computer and um one of the things i did i mean i was only about 16 or something so i don't know why i was doing this because i certainly couldn't invest on the stock market i was too young but i because you know you're sort of thinking i was curious so i, I built a a program that would download the share price indexes from cfax and extract all the prices and sort of keep them in a database so you could see them going up and down over time um i mean I, you know that was pointless <laughs> but it was a great way to learn and uh you know it and that that so I'm, I'm really familiar with that share index page there were two of them you know a to m and n to z i guess and um you know they they were in various little formats i had to write a program to work out you know how to work out exactly which price went with what but anyway there i am looking at elite and thinking this market prices screen yeah this is this is cfax isn't it and kieran had suggested you know maybe we could get a bit of cfax in there that'd be quite cool so um there's an option in there it's not turned on by default but in the game there's an option you can turn on to change the market prices screen into a cfax screen so you get the header along the top so the page number is um, the correct page number for the share index page as it was back in the early 1980s um, i've got a little ticker that ticks up the the page number um, 
and adding in a little code so it would pause every now and then a little bit so it wasn't just ticking up you know it tick it sort of slows down and speeds up just like the old cfax ticker did and it even includes the, the page numbers for telesoftware from 700 to i think 706 or something so that's quite nice um and it's called galfax it's not cfax because the, the 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 cops are called gal cops in elite so it's an homage to that so yeah there's a galfax header built in there so that, that's a bit of fun so yeah there's a couple of couple of nice little cfaxy solutions there you've got the reveal button on the charts and a cfax header so yeah it's always nice to put little easter eggs in like that um yeah so that worked out pretty well <laughs> yeah it's um, absolutely brilliant yeah and I, I really liked i really like that innovation on that as well it was a real nod to um to, to cfax and teletext so with the um with, with the game uh what what sort of feedback are you getting with it at the moment yeah i mean people love it to be honest this is pushing the 1980s nostalgia button pretty hard you know for those of us of a certain age i mean this is this is the early 80s right it's 1984 space games on your bbc micro in mode 7 teletext i mean you know that's great isn't it um people love it and i think they're surprised at how 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 much it feels like like the original game you know that it's um i mean the, the nicest comments i've had is that it's obviously been put together with love and that's exactly right you know i mean i i adore elite and still do and I'm a big you know I've, i mean i've got four figure hours in elite dangerous and that's that <laughs> says it all really it still goes um love the love the whole uh, elite um, franchise and um you know f- t- to be able to kind of put something together that's obviously been lovingly crafted it's just great um i think that you know i've always loved projects like this i mean it's obviously this is just a hobby it's a bit of fun you know it's not uh it's it's a spare time um uh, programming you know it's a nice break from the day job where you know it can get a little bit corporate and a little bit you know job wise and the good thing about these projects is that it's nothing like that and i think it's much easier to to make them um you know really really sing um if you're if you're if it's something you love and uh, you know this combines the bbc micro which was my you know computer from when i was you know 13 all the way to sort of 20 i think it was all bbc micro for me loved it great machine still got the same right next to me as i speak here is my original beeb with a telly and everything disk drive love it still sits there and it's just and actually there's a there's a point it looks beautiful on the original hardware and on a, a an, an old school tv plugged into it um and there's some something warm about you know the cathode ray tubes um and i have to say that <laughs> when i fired up uh teletext elite on my beeb and saw the cfax header thing that i put in i was just like yeah this is great isn't it i mean so i guess if it's pushing the buttons for me then it's pushing the buttons for other people and that's really nice you know it's it's good to be able to bring a bit of a smile to people's lips really we could all do with a bit more of that these days and uh, yeah it's worked quite well for that i mean i haven't actually heard of anybody properly playing it for, for a long period which is not the idea i really don't think that's going to happen and I mean, you've got the original elite for that, but people have been flying around and, and dying quite a lot, <laughs> as you do in this game anyway. Um, and yeah, it's just a really, you know, it's a really positive reaction. So that's that's why we do this, isn't it, really? You know, it's all for fun. So that worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's nice, and it's nice you got that BBC right next to you. Um, the, the the clunking of the, the the keyboard is something I always remember back in back in my time at school. Um, yeah, 
I, I think uh, the, 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 the BBC uh, and, and the, the computer in schools programme certainly uh, we've got a lot to be thankful for um, because like a whole generation of people have come through um, you know, learning their craft on these computers and it's nice that they're still being um, kept alive. Absolutely. With your enthusiasm. Completely. I volunteer at the uh, National Museum of Computing up in Bletchley Park and they've got a, a room of BBC Micros and, uh, you know, they've also got a whole bunch of Acorn 32-bit machines, which, uh, you know, were the, were the next generation. And it's it's just like a schoolroom. Well, from a very nice school, because obviously there's loads of computers in there. But, you know, you, you walk in there and you think, ah, this is great. I mean, I know that, you know, modern computer rooms and stuff have the hardware is obviously well more impressive. But you look at these things and they're built to last. I mean, they're still going strong. Um, I mean, OK, they do. They do sort of give up the ghost every now and then, but they're easy to fix. It's like old school cars, isn't it? You know, you can pop the lid, <laughs> pop the bonnet and actually work out what's going on rather than it being all sealed and confusing. So, yeah, I love these machines. Yeah, really love it. It's great to have it right next to me as I'm working on, you know, modern tech. The real thing is next to it, to be honest. <laughs> and, and coding these things is a delight. You know, when you when you work on these computers, you're working right with the hardware. There's very little, so there's nothing between you and the, and the CPU, really, which is a very different experience of modern development where it's all layers and layers and layers and packages and libraries and operating systems and things like that. You know, this is a really positive way of experiencing technology. Love it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, the BBC was certainly a quite a unique uh, computer because it had um, it had all sorts of uh, technologies that were that, that weren't necessarily being used at the time. I think there was like a device called the Tube that allowed you to switch between processors and and and, and things that's right. That, you know, more, more than more than somebody who's just going to be like making a, a pseudo menu or playing frack at break time is going to be using. <laughs> Absolutely, and Elite's actually the poster child for the Tube. Um, it, you can hook up a, a a second processor. It's called so it's a faster version of the of the six five zero two in the in the original BBC Micro. It goes at three megahertz rather than two megahertz, which doesn't sound like very much, but it's quite a lot. It's obviously fifty percent faster and had a lot more memory. And Elite was released for that the, uh, the the second processor, and it's a poster child for that technology. Um, it's you know it gives it. Uh, full color all the all loads more ships all loaded into memory at once it's even got a um, a star wars rolling demo with like um you know words going up the screen and stuff like that so they they um they created that for a bit of fun and that's that's uh yeah that's color elite unfortunately i couldn't do color elite in teletext because you just can't get the colors in there you know because it takes up a character so i did think about it but i'm afraid that teletext delete is black and white but uh, in the space for you but yeah that the, the tube was really amazing and of course the, the um the um the bbc micro the the tube system one of the second processors that uh, acorn released was um the arm evaluation system which contained their new cpu that they developed um called uh, the acorn risk machine which we now know as the arm chip and is powering pretty much every mobile device on the planet so uh, yeah from humble beginnings <laughs> this is where it all started <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely I, I do i do love the story of the arm um of, of the arm processor um so uh, you you said that you know you might that might be it for teletext um elite but um if you could uh, 
if you could uh, master level uh, two and a half or level three, you might be able to get your colours. But let's hope we don't uh, have another lockdown to find out. <laughs> well, I mean, I, uh, the BBC Micro, I think, I, I think it only... Um, I don't know whether it supports level three, actually. I don't know if it does. It's uh, The chip is it's fairly rudimentary. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, you know, you've got to have something to look into, haven't you? I mean, I've, I've got a long list of projects that I shouldn't be getting distracted from. <laughs> but never say never. <laughs> uh, speaking of other projects, is there anything else that you've got your, uh, you know, your eye on at the moment? Uh, yes, I have a few things. I got a, one of the other things I added to Elite was a, a universe editor so that you can essentially create your own universe around you in game and you know add ships to where you want so you can kind of set up um, a, a little universe around you within the game and then you can press play and it you jump into that little universe that you've created and you can fly around it and the ships all come to life and stuff so that that's quite a bit of fun on the bbc micro so my plan next is to convert that to the commodore 64 version because they're very similar um and uh so people can have a play with that that would be good and um i mean really that i guess the next thing after that is i've i've done a couple of other um source code analyses uh since elite i did one for aviator and one for revs both of these are jeff crammond classic games on the bbc and he also did an amazing game called the sentinel i started on the bbc and was converted to other platforms and that's another fascinating game so i think i'm probably just going to have to pull that one apart and see how that one works um there has been some work done on that by others so i shall be standing on the shoulders of giants there but i think um these these detailed analyses of, of computer games they are fascinating to right and people do seem to like them they really want to know how these things work so that's probably the next one on the list but um i think i need a bit of a break after teletext elite <laughs> really that was <laughs> that was all good fun um and i think the new year i'll be ready to ready for a new project so hopefully the sentinel that will be the one Oh, well, uh, one thing I would say about the Sentinel uh, is very similar to Elite with it with, with the atmosphere that you get just by the the sparsity of the of the graphics. Yeah, I mean they're really they're filled 3D, so they're, they you look at them and you think they're quite simple, but because of the way they sort of move around, you can pan around. They are um, really very impressive. Um, I mean that Jeff Crammond is a bit of a genius, to be honest, and the way he wrote stuff is is really. Uh, it's beautifully written code, very tight, and um, the Sentinel is really, I mean, it's its a bit unlike any other game, really. Uh, you know, it's a unique game, it's a great game, and you're right, as you say, it looks beautiful. Um, and I think there's got to be some interesting stuff buried within there, hasn't there? <laughs> I can't wait to find it, but yeah, yeah, classic game. Um, well, if anybody wants to read about all of this, then uh, it's all on a website called bbcelite.com. So go there, have a look. You can download all sorts of things there. Flicker-free versions of Elite, uh, Teletext Elite, the Universe Editor, and of course, there's all the the, the documented source code. So, uh, you know, go there, fill your boots, get lost in it. That's the idea. Hope you enjoy it. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining me, uh, Mark. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to Mark Moxon there. You can find more details about Mark Moxon on markmoxon.com. The game can be downloaded on bbcelite.com, that's bbcelite.com. Teletext People is presented by me, Carl Attrell, and is a Buy High No Limit production. And if you feel that way inclined, 
you can rate this podcast. You can also donate via the Ko-fi link in the program notes. Any money raised will go towards the hosting of this podcast that I do on Podbean. That's the housekeeping over and done with. Until next time, keep it blocky.